You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk today about the power of prayer. I'm going to start off with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's very important to remember that. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. If ever we were living in an evil day, this is it. And it's just as rampant in the church as outside of the church. Stand, therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The NIV takes verse 12 and says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Heavenly Father, help us to go by your word rather than what we feel or what we think. Lord, help us to form our belief system according to your word, not according to man, and certainly not according to religion. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer is a privilege and a powerful weapon which every Christian can use to fight against the spiritual wickedness in high places in the heavenlies. We who are in Christ can move mountains. said that we 
who are in Christ can move mountains. But we've got to pray. The Bible don't speak so much about prayer just for us to ignore it. It's one of the biggest weaknesses in most church congregations is our prayer life. You might get a little uncomfortable before I'm through today, but I'd like for you to be uncomfortable. I'd like for those of you who are here today to come to grips with the seriousness of the situation we face in Colate Community Church. So my first point is, we are definitely under spiritual attack. God's word says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And that's where we usually center our focus on flesh and blood. It's important in battle to identify the enemy. We've got a lot of military people in our church and ex-military people And you know when I say we must avoid at all cost not to ruin lives by friendly fire. Most of you know what it means, what friendly fire means. It's what someone, when someone on your side is fighting with you, not against you, gets injured, gets hurt, and sometimes killed mistakenly. And before you and I begin to fire those darts at one another, let's consider who we are in Christ. Let's consider that we are all on the same team. And we need to be praying for one another. There's power in prayer. Make no mistake about it. Your spouse is not your enemy. I don't care how much trouble you're having in your marriage. It's not your spouse. Neither is it your neighbor or the government, Rachel Notley or Pierre Trudeau. They're not your, ne- you're not your enemies. There is, what? What did I call him? Pierre Trudeau. Him either. Same thing. (laughs) 
But there's a spiritual battle going on for Canada. There's a spiritual battle going on for your family. There's a spiritual battle going on for your church. And unless we begin to do something about it, we can't leave it to 12 or 13 people to come here on Wednesday night and pray for this community and pray for our church and pray for your families. We all need to be in this together and praying that God will give us a breakthrough. Because we really need it. Plain and simple, the devil is always and always will be the enemy. He won't give up unless you and I put on the whole armor of God. I would say that all of us have experienced the attack of the enemy. He don't attack us all the same. He knows our weakness. He knows our, our weak areas. And that's where he attacks first. But you can't forget the rest of your, your, your being as well because he won't just attack where you think he will. Some of you may not be as aware of it as others, but most Bible-believing Christians are very much aware of the power of the enemy. We believe the Bible concerning the forces of darkness. Whether it be finances, sickness, depression, oppression, or one of a thousand other problems that faces humanity, we know that Satan, the devil is active in the troubles and the affairs of this world. And Peter says, with that in mind, 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to devour you. He's trying to devour your family. He's trying to devour your children. Trying to devour your marriage. He'll do whatever he can. He don't play fair. He'll kick you when you're down. And Peter says in verse 9, resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your, by your brotherhood in the world. Guess what? Christians all over the world are having the same, facing the same problems that you and I are. They're facing the same temptations that you and I are. You're not alone in this. When someone starts bad-mouthing you, when someone starts assassinating your character, don't think that you're the only one going through something like this. It's happening all over. In fact, it's happening in this church. And not to just one person, but a number of people. Every now and then I see something on Facebook that turns my stomach. It almost calls me to throw up. I would say that if we cannot 
be sensible on Facebook. We should just get off there. It's a terrible black mark on the, on the church of Jesus Christ and up on the family of God. We're becoming a laughingstock in the community. And it has to stop. To be sober means to be clear-headed, reasonable, sensible. To be vigilant means to be watchful and attentive and alert. You've always got to be on guard. The devil is going to fight at you and try at you any way that he can. And once he gets a foothold, man, you've got problems. It would be foolish for us to ignore the fact that the devil is incredibly cunning and powerful. And we need to come to grips that we're no match for him in our own strength. But we've got to do more than just pray. We pray for strength and we pray for wisdom and we pray for guidance. And then we go and use the spiritual weapons that God has given us to fight him. It does no good for a for a dozen of us to get around here in a circle and pray against the devil and all of the things and come against all of the powers of evil that are in this world and and then go out from here and do nothing about it. Faith without works is dead. No matter how much you believe in it, no no matter how much you believe that God will answer prayer, there's always something that you and I have to do as well. Let's read Ezekiel, his description of Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 to 17. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, Jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Satan was created. Okay? You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways. The fiery stones describe the glory and the brilliance of heaven with all of these these special uh, jewels that, that is mentioned there before that. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created Till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profound, profound thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the fiery stones, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. 
You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor, and I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. And Isaiah picks this up, and he gives us a glimpse of Satan's power and character as well. In Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 15, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to show to the lowest depths of the pit. It is no wonder that God hates pride in his children. The sin of pride was at the core of Satan's fall. God desires that we humbly seek him and trust him in every aspect of life. The Bible tells us, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Let's never get proud in our position of leadership. Let's never get proud that we are doing so well because any one of us can fall. We have a glorious king, our heavenly commander in chief, and if we will follow him, we will be okay. The Bible says that we are winners. But if we're not going to follow him, we cannot win. His name is Jesus, and he is in control. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created in, in, that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. That includes angels, which one of them was the devil. And that includes you and I. He has all authority, the Bible tells us. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and spoke unto them. And this is what Jesus said. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. This power has been given to us. He has given this authority to do the works of righteousness through him. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and they will drink, any, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover.
Nothing has changed, folks. Nothing has changed. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if this world goes on for another thousand years, he'll still be the same. And the same miracles will be available to those who believe that were promised right back then. Jesus has defeated Satan. And we live in the power of his victory. We've got to realize that. We've got to know that. We've got to believe that. Otherwise, what's the use to pray if you don't believe that? You're just reciting some words. You're just going through a ritual. But if you believe that and you, and you, and you stand in that and you walk in that, you will see great victory. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, The Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. He's still the same God. The God that he was to Israel is the God that he is to the church today. Amen? It's the same God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will do it the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Isn't that an awesome promise? There's no temptation that you are going through. There's no trial that you are going through right now that is able to defeat you. God has made a way for you to escape. God has made a way for you to have victory. But if you decide, I'm going to do this one on my own, I'm not going to call the church. I'm not going to call the pastor. I'm just going to do all this on my own. I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. God gave you a church family to be able to pray with you and believe with you. I know sometimes you've got to use wisdom. And anyone can say, I'm a born-again believer. But not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible says. And I want you guys to understand also that in this day and age in which we live, the tears and the wheat are growing up together. And Jesus will take care of separating that at the end of the age. So you and I have to be very careful. Because Jesus said, if you start tearing up the tears and the wheat right now, you're going to tear up some precious seed with it. And so, we cannot do anything. I, as a pastor, as the lead pastor in Cold Lake Community Church, cannot do anything on my own. I want to tell you that I get angry inside sometimes when I see what is happening in the church. But I dare not act on that anger. I dare not act on that dissatisfaction with what I see. I have to wait upon the Lord. I have to pray and I have to seek God and I have to wait until God says, this is what you will do. This is when you will do it. And sometimes I don't know what I'm going to do 
until I get into a counseling session or until I'm, I'm speaking with someone on a certain, certain situation. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. Most of my answers come right at the time when I'm dealing with something. Sometimes I got to wait, sit back and pray and say, Lord, I don't know what to do here. You help me. And he's never failed me yet. And he's never going to fail me. I love you as a congregation. I am so thankful that God placed me in this place. I'm not here right now. Because I have to be. I'm here because I want to be. That God has put that want to in my spirit. When I didn't have a desire to be here. I had no intention of coming here. But God has put a love for Cold Lake into my heart, into my being. And this is all I care about right now. In my flesh, I would love to spend more time with my boys and my daughter, and my grandchildren. But I've got a call in my life that goes farther, deeper than that. And sometimes, maybe when I'm preaching, maybe it might sound a bit harsh, but that's not, that's not what I'm about, folks. I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you what God has downloaded into my heart. And he wants you to know. And all I can hope and pray that there's enough of people left in Colate Community Church that will catch the vision and realize that there's a battle for the souls of people in Colate. And it's not about us. It is about the many people that are still on their way to hell and destruction. And when they look on Facebook and see the things that's going on there, and they say that is part of Colate Community Church, what has happened? Testing, okay, praise the Lord. So when people see some of the garbage that's going on on Facebook, I just cringe because I know they're saying that's Coal Lake Community Church. And we need some people to pray about that. And I'm not talking about gossiping about one another. When somebody's name comes up, unless you're going to pray with a pure heart and a pure motive, don't enter into gossip. Whatever you do, 
That's a tool of the enemy that can destroy. It's like a cancer that goes through a congregation and splits you up. I've seen this sort of thing happen before, folks. In churches that are more, much larger than ours ever was. Has gone down so low that they couldn't pay for the utilities. God has blessed us so much and he, he, he rose us up to do a work for him. But right now, we are in danger of losing everything that God has given us. If you're born again, you're born of God. You're an overcomer. And that is what the Bible teaches because you believe. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, the right to become the children of God. John 1, 12. Even to those who believe in his name. Because you are God's child by faith, you also have promises from God. That is why you can pray in confidence. That is why you can stand upon those promises in faith. Because you are a child of God, you have these promises. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 and 6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. And thirdly, my last point, the power of prayer. Let's tie all this together, all that I have said so far, to the all-important weapon of prayer. Our most powerful weapon is this, in the spiritual battle is prayer. Let's revisit our foundational scripture for this message, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Here we are instructed in how to equip ourselves for spiritual warfare. Point one, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Or be strong in his mighty power. Not in yourself, not in your church, not in your education, not in the spiritual gifts that God has given you, but in the Lord. That's where your strength is, in the Lord. The joy of the Lord in your heart is your strength. Next we are told how to, this can be accomplished. 
Put on the whole armor of God. Not some of it. Not what you like. Not a mix and match. The whole armor of God. All of it. And now let's not complicate the armor of God. Because we get big long teachings. We get stacks of DVDs. And books. But let's not complicate. Let's bring it right down to where the youngest person in this room can understand it today. If we would abide in Christ as Jesus taught us, we would be fully dressed. We would have the full armor of God. The items of the armor listed are what is it? Truth. Righteousness. The gospel message. Faith. Salvation. The scriptures. And intercessory prayer. We can't leave one of these things out. We are not functioning on all cylinders if we leave any of this out. Praying always. And, and praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Always praying in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseveration and supplication for all the saints, praying for one another, getting that pride and jealousy out of our lives, being happy when God is blessing somebody with good health, a great family, food on your table, a good vehicle to drive. giving you gifts, spiritual gifts, and you're using them for God's glory. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces, against darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We're in a spiritual battle. The key to a powerful prayer life is to abide in the Word. You go outside of the Word and you're going to be in trouble. If we leave the Word alone, we are not being a church. We're certainly not being a Christian church. If we neglect the Word of God, how can we expect the blessings of the Lord if we're Neglecting the things that he has given us for our well-being. That word abide is so important. Jesus wasn't just telling us to follow a bunch of religious rules and regulations. 
He was telling us to allow his word to make its home in our heart. He was telling us to spend time with it, to meditate upon it, to think about it. It's good to read your Bible through. But there's got to come a time when you sit down and start chewing on it. What does that mean? Lord, what are you saying to me? He was telling us to fill our minds with it and to let it guide our every action. There is no shortcut to this, folks. There's no shortcut. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Can you understand what this is saying? The word hidden in your heart is powerful. It's powerful. You want to believe in the supernatural? I, I'm amazed that people can believe in Star Wars and can't believe the Bible. I once read, when the word is really abiding in you, when it's alive and producing like it should, you can hear it just as when you get a song in your mind and you keep hearing that song over and over again inside of you. Some of you will go home today and while you're preparing lunch, one of the songs that we sang here this morning will be going over and over in your mind. You'll probably wake up tomorrow morning if it really blessed your heart and you'll be humming it as you're getting breakfast. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. You fill your mind up, your heart up with it, and you'll be hearing it over and over again. If you will make a decision to abide in the Word, you will soon discover that the Word is abiding in you. So to conclude, spiritual warfare, spiritual oppression, spiritual depression is a very serious matter. We are no match for the devil and his demons on our own. We must use the spiritual weapons that God has given us. And if we do not use them, we cannot win. Consistency in prayer will bring down strongholds of the enemy. It will move the hand of God to change our hearts to hear his voice and his word. Someone once penned the words, the devil trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his knees. I believe that. I believe that. The devil is intimidated when God's people pray. 
James 5, 16 and 17 says, Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a, a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And so you and I can put a scare into the devil with prayers of intercession for one another, for our province, and for our nation. We are reminded of the power of prayer again in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5 is a scripture that F.A. and I have been using now for a long, long while for our church, for you, and for our family. And this is the way it goes. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Folks, there is power in prayer. The power in prayer is not a power that comes from the act of prayer itself. It is a power that flows from the one to whom we pray. Remember, the word prayer is used for conversation with God. We never say, I'm praying, I'm praying to Mark. I talk to Mark. But when I'm talking to God, we call it praying. We pray. In our powerless humanity, we are blessed to be able to reach upward to God in prayer, knowing that He hears. And in His all-powerfulness, He responds and we receive. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14 says, Whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's all for his glory, folks. It's for his glory. First John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The key is according to his will. And the only way you're going to know his will is to ask, is to get into his word. Okay? Don't ask the pastor, what's God's will for my life? I'm not God. I can't tell you. I can tell you, look into the word of God, read it, and you will find it there. A prayerless congregation would soon become a spiritual valley of dry bones. Wow. I don't know who first said that, but I agree with it. Churches large and small have suffered the consequences of prayerlessness. 
It is not a pretty sight. Prayer is hard work. It's not glamorous. When you come to prayer meetings, don't expect to be jumping and dancing. It's not a worship service. It's prayer. It's talking to God. It's reaching out to God and telling him how weak we are and we want his strength in our life. Prayer can be jubilant when we pray in the spirit and, and pray the word. But in most, the most important attitude in prayer is a humble heart in spirit and in truth. Yes, we are under spiritual attack. But we have an awesome opportunity to turn this thing around. January the 6th to the 12th is set aside for prayer and fasting. I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you. I would get on my knees and beg you personally, each one, Let's get out to the prayer meeting. Nathan and Rachel are going to be leading our prayer team in the next session. Yvonne will be leaving. But we're going to be doing prayer and fasting for January the 6th to the 12th. And I, as I was wrestling with a lot of things, usually my head hits the pillow and I'm asleep. Effie is always envious of me, how quickly I can get asleep. But some of the things that I have been dealing with this past weekend has shaken me to my core. I have been made so much aware of how much stuff has been going on in Colette Community Church. And folks, I can't tell you some things that I have been given in confidence. But will you believe me? Will you trust me? that we are in a peerless condition, spiritual. And unless God is asked to intervene, we're in deep, deep trouble. We need to pray. We need to get on our face before God and pray and repent. Ask his forgiveness, first of all. And stop pointing fingers at somebody else. There's nobody in this congregation that is here today or is out, that is not here today. That's the problem with Cole Lake Community Church. 
we have let down our guard. And the enemy has penetrated our ranks. And while I was trying to get asleep, finally me being the great man of faith and power that I am, said, okay, Lord, I guess I'll pray until I get asleep. That usually does it. And as I began to pray, God laid on my heart, I want you to tell your congregation to pray and seek me, and I will fight your battle. Wednesday nights is prayer night at Colet Community Church. It has been for a long time. There's been times when just Effie and I and Josephine were the only ones for week after week after week that came to pray. When Yvonne took over, we've had up to 30 people in the prayer service. But we can average about 15 to 20. But this is what the Lord said. I want you to set aside every Wednesday of the coming year as a day of fasting. Call upon your congregation to choose Wednesday to be a day of fasting. If you're not used to fasting, try one meal. Whichever one it is. Give up breakfast. Probably the, the meal that you enjoy most in the day. And then take the time that it would take you to eat that meal to pray. Don't just say, oh, I can sleep in a little longer because I'm not going to eat this morning. No, get up the same time. And pray. And let's see what God will do. He said, I will turn this around if you will pray. Let us pray. Would you stand with me, please? Father, We acknowledge before you that we're weak. We don't know what to do. This is bigger than us. We know that programs don't fix this kind of thing. We've got to give our hearts back to you. I want to give my heart back to you. I ask your forgiveness for being slow. For
for trying to avoid conflict. For being afraid of losing a few people. For although I've been saying it's your church, I've been running it like it's mine. Forgive me. And congregation, forgive me. I'm not the strong wise guy that some of you think I am. (laughs) But will you trust in the Lord? Will you let the Holy Spirit speak? Because if we're not God's church, we're not a church at all. (laughs) So Heavenly Father, Help us as we turn back to you with all of our heart and with all of our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.